also we have lost the thread people <laughs> i don't the problem nick fuentes is a problem for sure but let's say the dinner party had just been donald trump and Kanye West, it should be just as big a problem. Well, especially because uh, right, right. Breaking before, news! Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Before we started recording today, we got it in under the wire, Dan. Uh, Kanye West is on Alex Jones's program. Okay, stop. Problem. That's right there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that comes after one, that sentence is ever good. A wonderful, a wonderful family program. This podcast is scheduled for one fall with a 60 minute time limit coming out of the black corner, combined weight of 666 pounds recording to you from the kitchen in Mar-a-Lago with Nick Fuentes and Donald Trump. I'm your boy, Xander Hobbs. This is Bobby, the keeper of all of the classified files. And once again, we're bringing you another edition of the Wrestleocalypse. It is upon us, Yale. <clears throat> it is upon us indeed, and we have a lot of stuff to cover, two pay-per-views, so without further ado, let's get right into it. Yeah, first off, top spot, top spot, AEW, full gear. Mine, I think uh, match of the night was Elite versus Death Triangle. I think the botch was... I mean, I didn't like the fucking Jared and Sting match. I didn't like it. I didn't like it either. But I don't necessarily think that was a botch. That was like what we should have expected from that. Right. Um, Yeah. The geriatric wrestling championship. My, I mean, I agree with your death triangle elite for um, top spot, but for to be, you know, different. I'm also going to pick Britt Baker versus Soraya. Oh, as, I, as top match as top match because I don't, I don't disagree with that that's that's an excellent excellent point because with Soraya being out of out of commission for so long it was pretty impressive how her and Baker had a the match that they did especially with Baker still being pretty new with everything and they were able to make something really good out of it versus the TNT or the TBS championship match that was atrocious I I'm sorry I didn't I didn't watch that, so I forgot that it happened. What the the bullshit with uh, Jade Cargill and Nia Rose? Yeah, terrible, dude. That like, was horrific. Yeah, um, I agree. Like, I think you're right. I think that Baker Soraya show like definitely overperformed for what people expected. They obviously it obviously proves that they had been working hard on, like they knew what they were going to do. They had been practicing, like. Right, right. Which is good to see. What did you think of the MJF Mox match? I thought it was good until the end. You didn't uh, like you didn't like the William Regal. I didn't on. like the William Regal thing, but like, I mean, especially after what happened last night on Dynamite, it looks there's rumors going around that Regal might be going back to the WWE. But um, we'll discuss that later on. Um, no, I just thought it was just it was like it wasn't obvious, but. 
it was obvious that shenanigans were going to go down. And I, I was smelling a lot of Survivor Series deadly games when The Rock was a baby face up until the main event. And then they did the double swerve and he ends up being a heel and joining the corporation. So I just, it's up. It was trite. I would have liked to see in a straight up match with MJF winning, but I understand they want to keep him heel. So that's, they figured that's the best way they can do it. Yeah. And that's what's weird too. Like, you know, the William Regal thing is weird. And those, those are rumors. Those little stuff that stuff out. I don't know if I know what those are, but I do agree with that. I feel like um, I feel like a lot of ways some of these big AEW matches are just like Tony Khan has like five matches he books, and he just rotates them. And so this one was like, it seems like the whole thing was like he how he had the ring and he threw it out and not, like everything about it just seemed like. I would say less than the it wasn't up to the stature of the pay-per-view. Right. I agree with like, that. you know, and it's like you're never gonna get a listen, we're not talking about the Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryanson wrestling. It's fucking MJF and Mox, right? Right. It's storytelling. That's what they're good at. And I felt like like the storytelling was really contrived. Yeah, they, exactly. Like it was, it just, it was the main event, but it didn't feel like it. I did, that's just my opinion on the whole thing. What did you think about how early they put the death triangle match? Do you think it was like, do you think they had to do that early because everyone knew the elite were coming back? I, I think they had to do that so they didn't burn people out. But that's another problem that AEW has is they just have so many goddamn matches on these pay-per-views and like, it doesn't even matter where you put the mat where match placement goes because there's just so many matches and you have, you're going to have to put something versus how WWE does their match placement, which we'll get into later about survivor series. I thought that was way better paced than um, full gear was right. Pacing is something we've talked about a lot with AEW. Yeah. And I would agree. It's like, you know, you, me and our good uh, friend of the pod, Kyle, when we were watching it, it was like, it was, a it's a, it's a long program and a lot of the talent can't can't like when you have to fill four hours of programming, you're not going to get the best matches from everybody. No. And it's like, and this is coming from wrestling fans. So if we're telling you, yeah, if we're telling you that we're burnt out by the show, imagine what other people are like. So it's just, you don't, Make pay-per-views special, you know, put the people on there that are, you know, viable, that are in the main storylines, and you don't have to necessarily have, like, a lot of these throwaway matches, and the matches will mean more. Yeah, what did you, what did you think about the Steel Cage match? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Good storytelling. Um Good everything. I, I thought that was, that's like a close third in my for my rankings of top spots, top three would be elite versus death triangle Baker and or Baker and Soraya. And then the cage match. Yeah. I like the cage match too. I like how they kicked Christian out. Yeah. Like he was able to come down get the pop and do everything, but then they kicked him out. And then I do like how uh, jungle boy submitted the Luchasaurus. Yes. I thought that was very important. Got the submission win, made him tap. So, you know, that was a good match. 
And then everything else, honestly. Check it out. It's available. Watch it. You can let us know what your opinion is later. But let's move. Like you said, we're trucking. We keep on trucking. Survivor Series was the better of the two pay-per-views. I 1000% agree with that. Like no questions asked, not even a discussion. No. And I think Triple H planned it that way. Oh, of course he did. You know, this is competition and, you know, they put a pay-per-view out and then so WWE put a premium live event out right afterwards. And rest, um, in, rest in peace, Vince McMahon. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And it was just it, the whole show had my attention. And I think the worst match was um, Shotzi versus Ronda Rousey. That stunk up the joint. Yeah, but that wasn't Shotzi's fault. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, you know, Sh- Shotzi has no business fighting Rousey right now. And then plus Rousey, I don't think has any business business holding the title. That's just me, though. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, I saw some shit on the Twitter sphere. Um, I forget why I was on there, because obviously it's a fucking hellscape. But it was interesting. So, or maybe it was like, I think it was like, I didn't, I saw on my Google feed, there was an article that included some tweets. And that was one, what one guy said was like, like, this Rousey is so much worse than the, like, Rowdy, like, Rowdy, Rowdy, Rousey had some good matches. Like, we don't, we're not the huge fans, obviously, but like, she had good matches. And like, this version of her is like the worst version of her. Yeah, because she's not really wrestling anyone that's better than her. Like, Liv Morgan's not better than her. Um, Shotzi's definitely not. You know, all her good matches that she had were with like Charlotte, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, you know, Alexa Bliss, even. So, well, that's the, right. That is another rumor. Like, basically, like she's going to hold the title till Becky Lynch comes back at WrestleMania. Yeah. Becky Lynch is supposed to, that rumor has it, Becky Lynch is supposed to wrestle her at WrestleMania. And then obviously, like at that point, you can't bring Becky Lynch back and make her lose. Like, fuck. Like, no, but it's weird how they're going to do that because Becky Lynch is on Raw right now. So, well, all of that, none of that shit matters. Let's be no. real, but all right. So, top spot of the night for you for um, Survivor Series. My fucking, my main man, the truth, the one, the only, the treasure of the fucking planet, Sammy Zayn Uso. Are you fucking kidding me? The way they did that, like, so. We've great storytelling. Great storytelling. Yeah, we've shit on a bunch of Roman Reigns matches, right? Yeah, it's to the point where it's like he's always gonna win, and you know it. But like the the dynamic between the the bruising Bruce and the bloodline, and then adding the KO Sami Zayn shit, like all of it was perfect. It was it was probably the best so far storyline of the year, and we're November. For like professional wrestling like it worked it like you just have fucking maestros like and like i said the introduction of kevin owens to it and then his whole thing on monday night like the emotion like i'm a fan i was torn i'm done with you sammy Zayn. well i'm done with you but big main event jay who ain't done with you kevin owens 
Right. So good. Everything about it was so Everything good. Everything was match, good. That match, not trying to get into Raw, but that match was, I don't know if it was better, like, as a technical wrestling match than the Death Triangle and the Elite, but, like... It, it told a better story. It was emotional. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, what did you think about the rest of the Survivor Series? I thought everything was good. I thought the women's match delivered. The women's um, um, War Games match was great. I liked um, Bex coming off the top with that double leg drop. I thought that was awesome. And the KOD into the cage. That was a very close second. Um, I was disappointed with the outcome of the triple threat United States title match. I I kind of wanted Seth Rollins to retain and the fluke victory that Austin Theory got just doesn't do anything for anyone, I don't think. And um, I thought Seth Rollins' run had more legs on it. So I was a little disappointed with that outcome. Yeah, it's crazy because going into that, I was like, they're doing something nice with Austin Theory. And then the way that match ended, I, I felt like I, I agree with you. It's like, you just lost all that shit you just built. Right. Like, because you made him illegitimate. And up until that point, the last two weeks, it's like, he was, he was like a hardened version of Austin Theory, right? So I agree with that. Like, I was, and I don't know where they go from here. No, I don't know either. With That's that the problem. Also. And then um, real quick, too, another uh, spot was um, Finn Balor and AJ Styles, but that shouldn't come to a surprise to anyone. No, it shouldn't. The the surprise was that it wasn't featured better on the card. Yeah, like because that feud is one of the better feuds that are going on in the WWE. And yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, well, like well, I agree with what you said. Yeah, and it's like it's tough. It's like you know we're dealing with this whole dynamic of like Triple H coming in and revaluing all of this talent. And so it's nice because Finn, like Finn Balor, should be more prominent. And I like the push that they've been giving the Judgment Day. I don't necessarily like the whole Thanksgiving fucking like. I would just say the rest of the apocalypse, and you can disagree, but we each have fifty percent of voting. But like the rest of the apocalypse does not think if you are sending wrestlers to other wrestlers' homes, that's a win. Like that's always a L. That's always terrible storytelling. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, the whole thing where, like, they went to fucking the Mysterious. That's right, shit, yeah. Like, it was terrible. It's just, it's so played out. Like, it was like, they're trying to, it feels like they're trying to revisit the Brian Pillman angle. And, like, they it just keeps getting shittier each time they try to revisit it. Like, the one with Triple H going to Randy Orton's house was all right. But this one with the Mysterios is just... It's yeah. it's dumb. That was dumb. Yeah, and like interrupted Thanksgiving dinner and shit. Right. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Um, the other thing I want to talk about real quick with the Survivor series is um where do we go from here now? Right? It's like I feel like Triple H is kind of like running himself into some walls where we don't know. It's like, so where do we go with Austin Theory? Like, are we going to continue? Like, I don't necessarily know. Like, I don't want to see Austin Theory and Seth Rollins again. 
No, I, yeah, that's the problem. It's, it seems like he kind of booked himself into a corner. We're just going to have to wait and see what they do with this. So, yeah. And lastly, though, where are we going with the white rabbit? Oh, yeah. I mean, it looks like he's going to be in a program with LA Knight. But, like, how long are we going to fucking slow play this at this point? Like, I bet you they do it to Royal Rumble. He'll have a match at Royal Rumble. If not... Okay, so who wins the Royal Rumble? Who wins the match between him and LA Knight? No, no, I'm saying who wins the Royal Rumble. Oh, I have no idea about that. Kevin Owens? Well, Kevin Owens, he's supposed to be fighting Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble, so I don't think... So that's not him, right? Yeah. But isn't that where we're at now? It's like, who can win the Royal Rumble to challenge Reigns. That's the whole question. This is like, which is good, right? Because doesn't it make the Royal Rumble even more impactful? True. Especially with no money in the bank anymore. The only right. chance you get a crack at the Tribal Chief now is to win the Royal Rumble. Is The Rock going to be the 30th guy? Because obviously he can't be like the 29th guy. He, did, he won't even make it. He has to come in rock bottom somebody people's elbow and then he's going to fight Reigns. Like, is that where they're going? I hope not. But the deal is like, we're at, we're at the fucking critical, critical time here. Like, is Braun Breaker going to be the 30th guy come in, win it and then take out Reigns? Like, the WrestleOclipse has, has already supposed that, but like, how many how many more months does Cody Rhodes have till he comes back? Oh, that's right. We've got the fucking American Nightmare lurking in the wings. He's got the pedigree. He has the pedigree. He has the pop. That's interesting. I like that yeah. too. Yeah, but like, we're getting close to it. It's like fuck. WrestleMania 2023 in La La Land is five months away. So they better get some shit together quick. Oh yeah, quick, quickly. Because right now, no, there's not one person on the roster who can legitimately take that off Reigns. No. And Cody Rhodes is out of commission. He's the only one that I see doing it. Yeah, because Reigns is buried everybody else. Yeah, pretty much. Or William Regal Regal comes back and uh, uses brass knuckles to take his title. Yeah. All right, let's run through uh, the re- the week of wrestling real quick before we get into cool shit. Yeah, absolutely. What did you think? Uh, like, I thought Raw was it was fine. It was it was decent. The only things I I liked were the the of course the main event was great. Oh, then, main event Jey Uso never disappoints. No, and then um, what else was good? Judgment Day with the mixed tag team match was all right, and then it was the rest was pretty much filler to me. Yeah, it was to me. It was a little bit lackluster. Post like, you know, we expect a raw after a pay per view be super solid, right? But I don't, I don't think they really looked at this as like a really big pay per view, and I think that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I want Triple H to really focus on four main pay per views. And make the I get it. Like you got to build revenue. You got to do these things. But it's like there should be pay per views and there should be premium live events. And the pay per views should be the four main ones. 
and everything else they want to do is premiumize them. And right. I like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I have Peacock. I should have to pay for WrestleMania. And I wouldn't mind paying for WrestleMania because that would make it make that force them to make the show better. A hundred percent. Exactly. Right. But now it's like everything is equal and everything is sucky. So, but we can wrestling. I do have a question about this. Like what is with this best of seven thing? Like I like it, I guess it's like a tournament, but it's kind of like, like what happens when we get to match six? Like how many times can, can Ray Phoenix be emotionally torn about using the hammer hammer? Like, but right. match is going to be bangers, right? Yeah. Like, so I'm not, it's like, I'm very torn on the subject, I guess, is what I would say. Yeah, I actually missed that. So I don't really have too much to say. So who, what's the, what's the series right now? So I think the series is the Death Triangle leads to zero. Because oh, obviously, they just had the match on Wednesday. Yeah, they had, so they had the pay-per-view and then they had the match on Wednesday. Both times, Hammer is involved. Elite down to zero. So, no. Like, what about yesterday? They fought yesterday again. No, I think yesterday was the second match, right? Wasn't it? No, because the... oh no 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 no. I'm sorry. <gasps> November thirtieth is what I was looking at. These days, they you know, days are long. We're looking for the Dyna match. The dynamite match number three. Yeah, and that was also good. Like week of wrestling. What did you think of while well, I figure out the death triangle thing? I really like that Danielson Dax match. Oh, that was a clinic. Like, how good is Dax Harwood? Like he's real fuck? good. He's real yeah. good. I just I thought he hung really nicely with Danielson. Um, how, how much do you like as as a connoisseur? How much like did Danielson carry the match, or do you feel it was like equal? I felt it was equal. That's how good Harwood is, right? Yeah. Hey, take the lead for a second. I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just gonna. Um, so number three, the elite defeated. The Death Triangle to make the series two to one, and um, it was more of like a. Uh, it was like they're. I feel like they're really trying to exhibit all the different talents of these six individuals, and this match was a little bit more brawl heavy than we've seen. So I thought it, you know, they all in a way they all run together though, and I think that's danger of doing like this best of seven series because at some point you're just like, I've seen these guys fight over and over and over again, and I'm not really interested. Like if there's no stakes in the game, I'm not interested in to see how many different ways these amazing wrestlers can like beat each other. Right. So, but I do like the fact that Lily coming back and 
the death triangle just going at it because they're always going to be good. And obviously, there's going to be some interference from the House of Black. Right. And that's what I'm looking forward to. But, you know, it's like, I think it's a big risk to do this best of seven because there's a lot of fatigue of what, like, you're kind of like just burning this feud out super quick. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's because it's like they're wrestling every week. So, yeah, they, they're, the burnout is for real. Yeah. And so last night, um, the Elite finally got on the board two to one. Uh, it was a little bit different match, kind of like brawling heavy and whatnot. But in the end, again, it's like, it's weird. It's like a weird booking decision, I guess. Like, I've never seen this before. Like, let's burn this feud out super quick. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You I know. guess as good as mine on that. I guess not, right? And it's not super quick. It's going to take seven weeks. They're probably battling another pay-per-view, I guess. But um, real quick, the last thing I think that uh, was interesting from Dynamite is MJF finally showed up last night and then the whole like remember and then the week before Danielson came out saved William Regal like a lot of storytelling right there yeah um this was a little long-winded for my taste but I guess it set up the whole MJF era that they're going to be doing um the dynamic between uh Danielson and Regal I understand but I just want to see where this goes Hopefully Regal's not leaving to go back to WWE, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But all in all, I thought Dynamite was decent. Um, I There wasn't really anything bad I had to say about that. So, No, I mean, like, I don't know. It's just, I think it was this natural strip that you complain about as a wrestling fan. Like, I don't give a fuck about Jade Cargill. No, that was a waste of time. Like, that's a huge fail. Like, I don't really give a fuck about, like, the Willow Nightingale MJ match. Like, that's all getting was stupid. Like, they're, like, I like, I always like watching Ricky, Ricky Starks wrestle. But, like, his match, like, I don't know where that story's going. Yeah. Like, We're just so, Go on. No, I'm sorry. Go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, overall, I'm pretty disappointed with AEW. Yeah, it's taking a little nosedive, honestly. Like I didn't I didn't really have a problem with dynamite, but it just hasn't been, it hasn't been hitting like it normally does. Yeah, it's like it's a slog to get through it. Yeah. You're like, cool, I'm super interested in like a few of these huge matches, but like and then they seem to like Again, we've talked about it at nauseum, right? It's like, how long are you going to give fucking Nightingale and MJ? Like, how does that fit in your television shows? So that's tough, though. But overall, I think both pay-per-views, I guess this is the first time we can talk about it, both pay-per-views were good. Yeah, WWE just had the better one. I think so too. And especially because I think their top of the card match was far superior. Yeah. War games versus um, 
MJF mocks easily. Yeah. No, yeah. No questions asked. No. And, and then again, also like, I think that the women's war games match was better than any women's match on AEW. 100%. So like, you know what, I guess like, I feel like there is, this really is kind of becoming a war in a way, but triple H definitely got the jump on Tony K um, on this one. And obviously Tony Khan was dealing with a lot of shit. Like, it's weird when one of your top stars decides to fuck your old company over and then your other top stars and then fight and all of that shit. But yeah, but I did like, I did like uh, a lot about the AEW pay-per-view. No. Yeah. It, and if it you wasn't... haven't seen it, watch it. It's good. The jungle boy match, like everything we talked about is great. So yeah, it wasn't bad by any means, but um. Is there anything else you wanted to go over? Not really. I, oh, wait, no, no, no. One last thing before we go. Uh, MLW, our, one of our faves, back in action. Oh, yeah. Um, they're doing this. They, they pre-taped all this, so you'll see some faces on there. But the main thing I want to um, go over is that Davey Richards won the open weight title from Alex Kane in a banger of a match. So make sure you check that out. It's on YouTube. It's only an hour, but awesome wrestling. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And they're back. That makes me super happy. Right on. Um, All right, brother. We'll that was our first half. We're going to take yeah, a quick powder take- and go into cool shit. That was the coolest shit on the side of the pillow. Boom. Yeah. Shit. And I'm going to run to the bathroom again real quick. Yeah, and this my motherfucking theme song. Got bars, yet a wife I hear got no lag When I spaz like a rabid animal without a tag Foaming at the mouth, howling around, howling and mad Since I made my escape from a Ukrainian bio lab I'm a hazard to the public, but fuck it, I get the bag And since I don't do apologies, I'm not sorry to brag Yeah, some rappers call me Webby, the rest are calling me dad I'm a skull and crossbones, pussies got white flag Get to waving them, I pick up and run Bitch, I'm the one, ruling with the fist as iron as Attila the Hun The dopest dope you ever smoked, so hold this hit in your lungs They hit the ground harder and harder, the bigger they come They'll draw that line around your body like a word search I want the glory, but I'll show them what I'm worth first Yeah, I'm branching out my business to the bird's perch Hand up on my crotch Tell them like I've been gone, but you know I never leave long With a J. Monique and my weed strong Living in the left lane that I speed on Since I used to whip a dented up Nissan yeah. Now this money's what I speak on From the California king that I sleep on once again, we're back with your favorite segment, my favorite segment, Bobby's favorite segment, and the Dark Lord's favorite segment. What do we like to call it? Cool shit. And cool shit always starts out with the motherfucking mailbag. Special fucking delivery. And we're starting off with my main man, your main man, the Dark Lord's main man, Team Skizzer. I'm sorry, Scissor. I thought Full Gear was a great show. With Full Gear in the books, how would you guys rate AEW in 2022? I would say a chaotic mess. Yeah. um, Very all over the place. Yeah. Great booking, poor booking, poor backstage management. um, Too many signings. Yep. All um, that. Like, but there's like again, also there's great highs and, and pretty good lows, right? So 
for me, the highs are high and the lows are low. That's just what it is. And the lows got really low with the CM Punk debacle. So that's just, I mean, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah, hundred percent. So thanks. Thanks for uh, sending it in. Um, I mean, let's just be real. Ask daddy. Yeah. We're very we are influential. We're very influential. The, the next one is from flux capacitor. After a dominating win against Minnesota and division rival New York Giants, do you think the Cowboys have a shot to go deep in the playoffs? If Micah Parsons is lining up, they have a chance to win every single game they play. Yeah. That guy is fucking ridiculous. He's awesome. I just... I, I I don't know what happened on that game in Green Bay. I don't know what Cowboys team that was, but this Cowboys team that played the Vikings and the Giants, well, the Giants in the second half, because the first half there were some um, little glimpses of the Green Bay Cowboys. But um, if this team, if these guys can show up, because the NFC is tough, and if they got to go through San Francisco, Minnesota again, um, you know, probably Philly. So it's it's not going to be easy. It's not, but I would say, like, I kind of have forgiveness for anybody on Thanksgiving, right? It's like, one, it's like a short rest. Two, it's like Thanksgiving Day. It's a weird thing. Like, they were lazy in the first half, but when they, like, and this thing, like, champions don't just turn it on. Champions play from bell to bell at a high level. Exactly. And And that's what the Cowboys have to figure out because, the Cowboys' best is better than everybody else in the NFCs. Yeah, and or the, even the NFC. Right, and the thing is, they got to really do something about these penalties because the penalties and the and the um, turnovers those will kill you when you play a good team in the playoffs. So, um, and the thing is, with the penalties, you can't just like turn around and stop committing penalties. This is something that they had to work on, and it shows that they haven't. So that years, 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 right. It seems like they're always getting stupid penalties. So that um, right there has me concerned. Yes. But I feel with a healthy quarterback, um, they're as good as any team in the NFC. Absolutely. Excuse me. Excuse me again. All right. The wood chuckers anonymous at, this is a non-wrestling related question. I've been really stressed out lately with working a job that is taxing. I know you guys have busy schedules. That being said, what do you guys do to bring the levels down? Uh, for me, I have realized that establishing a concrete schedule where I turn everything off at nine o'clock because my alarm goes off at 5 a.m. And from nine to five, I like, I'm not going to sleep at nine, but I am in bed. My phone is off. I'm not looking at it. I'm not answering emails or texts or anything. And then at five o'clock, I get up and I do my morning. I really lean into that schedule and that really helps like, bring that level down like because sometimes your anxiety 
comes from all of these unknowns. Like, when am I going to do this? How am I going to fit this in? And so leaning into that schedule has really, really helped me. Yeah, I'm a, I have a similar thing. Um, I'm always on a schedule as well from when I go to bed until I wake up. I have a hard time sleep, staying asleep. So that's been my latest um, challenge. I can go to sleep, but once I my stress levels are so high, I wake up around like three, toss and turn till my alarm goes off. And no matter how much weed I smoke, I just can't seem to shake that. So, and you're um, you're you're a proponent of the uh, weighted blanket, right? I do, but that's not even working right now. So, I don't know what else I I should do. But for me, um, to add to yours, Bobby, I smoke a lot of weed, and that helps me stay somewhat stress free. Yeah, it certainly helps. I mean, obviously, like, I agree with that. Um, but it is, the, and like, that's the thing. It's like, oftentimes we're all looking for like the universal cure, right? Like, what do you, do? okay, it's like, you got to be honest with yourself. Like, where, what is causing you anxiety that is creating the stress? And you got to tackle those things. And I'm going to 100% say it's not easy by any means. And especially if like, the anxiety you're receiving is from the job that you pay your bills with because like, you know, you got to deal with that. But what I do is I lean into my schedule. Um, I like to smoke weed. Xander likes to smoke weed. You know, you can do things like, again, he's not sleeping well, but he's had some success with the weighted blankets. They've got the cooling pads to help you sleep. Sometimes you get up and go to the fucking couch. You know, that's what yeah, I found that's- too. It's like, I toss and turn and toss and turn. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go totally reset this whole situation. And it's like, it's not great sleep, but I get an extra hour versus sitting and tossing and turn. So my, to my, uh, alarm goes off, you know, I might have to try that one. It's also, I would say it's like, it's the fucking challenge of a modern society of like trying to bring those stress levels down. And I don't have the answer because stress seems to, you know, stress is ubiquitous in all of our lives in every way. So if you find a way, Woodchuckers Anonymous, send it out, send it to us, please. Yeah, I'll, I can take all the help I can get. But right. let's move on to our last question. Yes. Hit Row Hype Man. What are your guys' feelings about pineapple on pizza? That's disgusting. That's a lie. That is that disgusting. is a lie. No, it's not. That's a lie. The reality is, is every pot, every topping on a pizza is acceptable. I don't agree you know, with like that. I, I feel that fucking mushrooms on a pizza is disgusting. I, I would that's say disgusting pineapple too. on a pizza all day. Some people think olives aren't good, and we know that is objectively not true. I don't know. We're going to have to agree to disagree. Janine says any Janine says an Italian person would smack would smack the shit out of you if you put pineapple on pizza. That's fine. I would say that um, I'm not eating Italian pizza. I eat American pizza. Oh, and uh, I'm sorry, like American pizza is delicious. Not with pineapple on it. It isn't. It's, why? 
Because it's gross. Pineapple's not supposed to be warm. Wow, not, I don't I don't agree with that. Yeah, I don't like sweet on pizza. No, so that's the thing, right? You're so instead of the pineapple, you don't you want a savory pizza. You want some like fungi, and no. then you're like, what some peppers, some onions. No, you just want cheese. That's it. Yes, <laughs> the truth comes out. Is someone all, in the room with you? All toppings of the pizza are wrong. Hey, is someone in the room with you? Yeah, my boss just walked in. Oh, okay. I was just like, dude, am I tripping? Like, well, no, you're not tripping. But yeah. on that note, that was our mailbag. If you want to get after us and send your question, your feelings on p- toppings on pizza, you can get after me, Xander Hobbs, X-A-N-D-E-R underscore H-O-B-B-E-S. That's on Instagram. No Twitter machine here. Bobby, where can they find you? Just the same. Do not look for me on Twitter. I can't get through with all the Chinese pornography that they've been flooding the zone with, apparently. Uh, they're pretty mad about all of their um, anti-zero COVID policy uh, protests that's been happening. But that's just the news. But yes, on Instagram, you can find me at Clips, spelled like it sounds, but you know that because you're already listening. So, boom, moving on, Watch of the Week, Wednesday. I know that you have been texting my amazing wife about this. So, go on. Yeah, it's a good show. Um, I like it started off a little slow to me, but um, it's been picked up. I thought who, uh, what's her name? Jenna Ortega. Um, I think that's her name. Who's portraying Wednesday has done a great job doing it. Um, it's got a little Riverdale and um, no, it's yes, got a no, little no. River, Riverdale Sabrina a vibe. Of- yeah, exactly. Yes, I'm with you on that. But um, but it's not as cheesy. So because it's Wednesday, you can't put so much cheese on it. So, but I, I think I, I don't feel it's as much of a, like a teeny bopper show. No, I mean well, they have their they it has its moments, but not as much as like Riverdale. Did. Yeah, Riverdale was totally meant for thirteen year olds. Right. But that's um, all I've been watching. That's good. Uh, we've been watching a lot of holiday programming at the Baird or the uh, the Bobby V residence, and uh, that uh, the Prodigy. She's all about the peanuts right now. So we've watched every version, like all generational iterations of Charlie Brown Christmases, and then um, she just we've just suckered her into the Santa Claus movies. So I feel like we're really making inroads on her becoming a more gregarious Christmas lover. Um, But that's really what it's been about uh, holiday programming. I've watched, I've also been continuing to watch lots of the new um, Diners, Drivers and Dives on the Thanksgiving weekend. They had a A to Z uh, marathon so it was like C is for chicken, winner, winner, chicken dinners. And D was for like duck and S was for sausage. And those were freaking fantastic. So we've been keeping that. And obviously, what do we like to watch? We got money, skin in the game. We got fandom. We got the NFL. And we've got 
our favorite segment, your favorite segment, the Dark Lord's favorite segment, offsides and delay of game. Real quick, though, before we get into that, do you want to go into our match of the week? Oh, yeah. I, like, I, I see that. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. It was... We didn't, I didn't put the link in there, but yes, it's Davey Richards versus freaking MJF. No, Teddy Hart versus MJF. Oh, I'm sorry, Teddy Hart. Thank you. I'm sorry. I was reading an article, uh, another article about Davey Richards, and we talked about him earlier from the, right. uh, the MLW thing. But yes, Teddy, first off, Teddy Hart, uh, amazing. Dude, the mat, anything with Teddy Hart is going to be good, first of all. And this is a uh, not a not a seasoned MJF, but still um, did his part in the match. I was looking for an actually a different MJF versus uh, Teddy Hart from MLW, but this is the one that came up, so I decided to give it a shot, and I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, no, I loved it, and it's like, like I texted you, it's like this guy MJF has had the fucking in factor from like the get. You know what I mean? Even like he was pretty not well established in this match. Like he was an indie darling at best, right? Yep. But the fact that he carried himself like he was the fucking rock, and just like when he went to his knees and like just the way like he's always got it, man. He just gets it, and like it's weird because and we've talked about this, but it's like he. Pisses the crowd off. Yep. Based on his face. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it was so good. And then again, every time you put a match up like this, I'm always reminded the fact that, like, Teddy Hart may be, like, he could have been the best wrestler ever, probably. Oh, yeah. Probably. He, he would have. The guy just, right, I'll say it again, just can't get out of his own way. I know it's super sad, but it's like, and even like with this match, this is a perfect foil, right? Because like MJF's going to get the crowd hot and Teddy Hart's going to like carry the match technically and really shine. Right. And you're like, fuck if this is the formula, this is the formula that like you could just like rinse and repeat over and over again. But it's like, again, like you said, he can't get out of his own way. Yeah, it's really sad and it's unfortunate, but um, you can check this out on YouTube. It's on Limitless Wrestling. They have a bunch of other matches that are on there that are pretty cool. But like, if you don't know too much about Teddy Hart, who is part of the Hart uh, family, um, you should check him out because he is just a great, great wrestler. And he's got a documentary on Peacock that we'll be covering pretty soon that um, I'm excited to see. Yeah, definitely. And uh, real quick, like, um, just wrap it up real quick for people to know, like, why isn't he wrestling anymore? Oh, I think he's in jail right now. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, he's, in, did, he's in and out of trouble with the law. Like, it's that's, what, like that's what we mean. That's what we mean when he can't get out of his own way. Yeah, I forgot, like, why he I think he was in trouble for a hit and run. And he's just got like a laundry list of like, things that he's done that are unsavory. It's really sad because the guy is ultra talented. Oh yeah. And you can see it in this match a hundred percent too, but it's also like, there's a reason why there was a whole series called dark side of the ring. Right. And this is one of them. All right. So now we can get to our offsides and delay of game. 
while we'll be talking about the week's happenings in American football. I know there's a different football going on, but we don't cover that. No, we don't. We certainly do not. Um, one thing I, the first thing I want to, uh, cover is, um, so a really rich white guy hired a lesser rich white guy to run his organization. And there was a bunch of other rich white guys who got super mad about it. And it's not generally something that happens in football, but like this whole Jeff Saturday thing and all these coaches being super mad that like he passed over somebody, despite the fact that they have never once raised one iota of protest about the fact that like all of these African-American or minority coaches don't get head coach jobs fucking disgusts me. Right. Right. Like the privilege, like the fucking entitlement. Especially since Jeff Saturday hasn't even coached in the NFL or anywhere else. Yeah. And they're super mad about it. Right. They're super mad. But it's like Rex Ryan. The only reason you had your fucking job is because your dad. Yeah. Same with all the other people that have jobs like the Shanahan's and every, all these other people. It's just like, it's a coach. Yeah. You're going to get on TV and, and lament the fact that Jeff Saturday got a job. It's like, well, yeah, that owner's that owner has had hundreds of different problems, and ninety nine point nine percent of the owners aren't hiring any black candidates or anybody else either. The fact of the matter is, like, I if you're a fan, who do you want more, Saturday or McDaniel's from the Raiders? Let's just be honest here, right? I'm thinking Saturday. Yeah, he hasn't proven to be incompetent. He just got he just got a job because he his drinking buddy is the owner of the team. Like, right? No, I agree with that. I don't know why people are so pissed about it. Like, especially people like Rex fucking Ryan. Like, you had a job because of your dad. You were nepotism exemplified. Well, that's the whole NFL for you. So, like, I'm kind of numb to it. Like, it's just yeah. I don't. It it's just what it is. It's like. While you have Jeff Saturday having a job, Brian Flores is out of one. So, right, and then every, and everybody's pumping. Uh, what is it, Mike? Um, what's the Dolphins quarterback's last name? I can't remember it. I don't. I don't remember right now. But it's like, and it sucks too because it's like the only reason he got that job is because Flores got axed. Like that fucking sucks. Like they both should have the job. They're both better quarterbacks than at least 12 in the league right now. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's really annoying. Uh, another thing that's super awesome and uh, awesome is uh, that apparently immunization, when you're immunized, it, it makes you a shitty quarterback. <laughs> right? It's like, and it sucks because they eked out the winning of the Cowboys, but like, just watching fucking them suck, Green Bay suck, Aaron Rodgers suck is so glorious. I think it's great. And then did you hear what he said this last week on McAfee's show? No, what did he say? He he literally said, he's like, if you have the competitive spirit, competitive greatness in your heart, you play. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, you suck. You just want to catch your paychecks. Like, but I feel like don't you feel like we've really turned a corner generationally? Like Tom Brady's done. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is done. 
Right. Like, all like Matt Ryan is like a backup. Like all of that generation is done. And now we're looking at like Dak Prescott and I mean, Mahomes and Josh Allen and right. Burroughs. And it's like, get rid of like, I don't want to hear about Brady or fucking Rogers anymore. I want to see these young bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm all for that too. It's uh, just like a almost like a passing of the torch, so to speak. Yeah, and I just feel like the old guys were super jerks. Well, at least Aaron Rodgers is. And Brady, like don't kid yourself. Like I don't mind Brady. Yeah, I mean, at least he's probably getting like spousal support from Giselle. Right. But um I did really love, like, the Cowboys have played excellent the last two weeks. That fucking sweet Vikings game. Oh. The Vikings game was great. The second half of the Giants game was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go back home, or they stay home, and they go up against Indianapolis this Sunday night, which mm-hmm. should be a win. It needs to be a win. Like, no shenanigans here. This should be a decisive win. If anything, yeah, I feel like they need to like they lack urgency in the first half. And yeah, sometimes they've been able to overcome it in the second half, and but sometimes that's what's, it, but it that's what's, in their ass, you know. That's what's going to kill them when the playoffs come around because you can't play like that with good teams. No, no, no. they're they're drinking their own fucking Kool Aid. Like no team should do that. You play all four quarters, and that that's that's how you win games. Yeah, but I mean, I think when we talk about the the so NFC, I think AFC is pretty easy. Uh, Chiefs are the class of the of the AFC. Yeah, and then the Bills. Then you look like I think the Ravens and Bengals are kind of like one A, like one B in that division. You know, they both have dynamic quarterbacks. They both win some games, but also like lose winnable games, which is troubling um the my miami is legit like i don't know if the jets have the the horses to continue to capitalize on their good start of the season i mean they're not that far off but it's like i think it's tough but look like the patriots got their shit kicked out of them so well, them benching Zach Wilson's a bonus. So, oh that- yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you, whenever you have a when you whenever you have an NFL coordinate quarterback with the last name White, you probably are going to win. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, right. and if he looks like his name, fits right in. But I definitely think NFC is a little bit more convoluted. Uh, a lot of people love the Niners. I'm not buying the Niners. Christian McCaffrey, if I see him in the airport, I'll probably trip him. He'll be out for two years. Um, the Eagles, I've never believed in the Eagles. I will never believe in the Eagles. I think Cowboys will legit. Um, but it's like, then the NFC South is atrocious. The NFC yeah. North is atrocious. Like, I think it really comes down to like the Niners and whoever comes out of NFC East. Yeah. So now that the Cowboys are in second place in the division, they don't have to rely on the. I mean, do they still rely on the wild card or? Yeah, I think they will, but their seeding will be better. 
That's right. Like, unfortunately, the reality is that they went out. They really only need the Eagles to lose once. And then it comes down to that last game against the Eagles in Dallas. So I think what we really need to see is Dallas to continue to ride this momentum. And we just need somebody to, to steal the win against the Eagles. Because honestly, what we really want is Dallas to win the NFC East. And then they're secure and they're a top seed. If not, I think they will make the playoffs, but they will be a wild card. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It no, could put you in a better bracket. They'll, they'll right? just be like, tra- they'll just be traveling. Yeah, but I mean, from Dallas, everywhere is just like there's no place that's more than four hours away. It's not like True. you know, it's not like you're the Rams flying to Philly or Buffalo Green Bay or something. Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, so I'm watching it. I think MVP watch we've talked about. I think Mahomes is in the fucking lead. And I think Tua is second because everybody wants to, everybody wants to root for Tua. After he got his face blown up and in five concussions and whatnot, everybody wants to root for Tua. Right. But I think the reality is Mahomes is the probably the best player in the NFL. I I agree with that. So, but I would love to see Micah Parsons. Like I think Micah Parsons, Defensive Player of the Year, hands down right now. Easily. Um, and it's not stats, dude. It's just like he's just fucking everywhere. He can play multiple positions. He's just a fucking animal. In all of the good ways. Like in all of the good ways. Like he's his motor is crazy. Like his physical attributes are crazy. He plays the right way. I just it's like he's sober. It's like it's crazy to watch how good that defense is. It's what's been keeping him in the in contention, honestly. So hundred percent, a hundred percent. And like, sometimes like I like the big passes. I like CD lamb. I like, you know, Zeke and, and all of that. But like, when you just watch the defense, just like suffocate the opposing offense, it's super impressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I do like that. Um, so yeah, do you want to? Is there anything else you want to talk about the football season? Not wait, wait a second. Janine's got a question. Oh, what do you guys think about the ten out of the twenty-five women that allegedly, you know, blamed Sean Watson for you know sexual assault and are going to go watch him play football this weekend? What? It, what? It, what is that? Yeah. No, I think it's terrible. I don't think Sean Watson should be allowed to play football. I don't. I think. As a woman, if you raped him, she's say, she's saying why she's saying why would these women go watch him play football? No, I hear it. I hear it. I think one of it. So part of it is like it's a political move to try to keep um, the issue in front of the public, right? Because it is atrocious. I don't think Deshaun Watson should be able to play football. Like I, I the fact that he got like some bullshit eleven game suspension is ridiculous. It's just because, like, some fucking fourth-string special teamer made a wager on a game and he lost the whole season, right? But Deshaun Watson gets to negotiate his his 11-game suspension and then, on top of all that, come in as the highest-played player in the history of the motherfucking league. Guaranteed. Like, I think it's atrocious. I think the community of Cleveland 
wants to root for the team, but I definitely think that there's a lot of apprehension about it. No, uh, I just think what she's trying to say, though, is like, it just doesn't make sense that if you were raped or assaulted by him that you would go watch the game, political move or not. I know, but I think it is. I think what they're trying to do is try to keep trying, trying to keep that issue in the forefront. Yeah, I don't think he should still be playing either, either but like, and the less we talk about him, the even better. So, yeah, because we're a very influential podcast. And so I would just say the biggest, uh, one of my biggest regrets or my sadness is that, you know, I really thought Baker Mayfield was going to bring Cleveland to the promised land, but apparently not. So, well, you can't even do it in Carolina either. So, I know. You know who regrets that the most? The insurance company that paid all that money for his commercials. Right. <laughs> all right. So I've got get rid of one and I am going to bring it up real quick. So it's very interesting. Um, my boss is a big music fan, metal fan, gets it all. And I, I presented him with the classic get rid of one of the the uh, four greatest metal singers, right? Dio, Dickinson, um, Ozzy, and Alfred. Alfred. Right. And so we debated it, and, and it was a very interesting conversation. And then I thought one of the one, a good one would be get rid of one best Ozzy guitarist. Oh, wow. And so, obviously, to me, we're going to include uh, Randy Rhodes. Of Tony course. Iommi, right. So, Randy Rhodes, Tony Iommi, uh, Zach Wild, and then I need to just... Um, I'm not remembering his name, and it stinks. Jake E. Lee? Thank you, Jake E. Lee. Of the four, who are you getting rid of? Jakey Lee, Randy Rhodes, Tony Iommi, Zach Wild. And you, this is like, you, I don't even think I'm going to answer this question. I'm just going to go with whatever you say. So I feel like this is right in your wheelhouse. It's for me, it's between Jakey Lee and Zach Wild. That you're getting rid of? Yeah. Um, I like Jakey Lee, but I have to get rid of him because he was only on like two albums. Probably even probably one. Probably I think he was just only on the Ultimate Sin. And Zach Wilde's like he's like a Tony Iommi throwback. So I mean, he comes up with some pretty fucking cool riffs. And like you can't even touch Randy Rhodes or Tony Iommi. So yeah, Jakey Lee, you got to go. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that I agree exactly. It's like. What, how much value do, do you put in what Zach Wilde has done? Right. Like, because he's kind of like keeping the legacy alive for all of them. He's been in pretty, pretty much the guy, you know, I know there's guitar players after Randy Rhodes, but like he kind of solidified his spot in Ozzy when he came in. So, I mean, and he does bring a lot of value to him, even though some of his stuff is quite repetitive, but him playing with Ozzy is cool. So, yeah. Like I said, I'll get rid of Jakey Lee. Yeah, I like that. No, I think that's right. I think that's a good decision. And it's crazy, too, because, like, 
Randy Rose is just so iconic. And Tony Iommi is like, we were talking about it, like, is Black Sabbath a classic rock band, or are they like the first metal band? I'd say they're both. Right, exactly, and that's so amazing, and it was because, like, you know, it's interesting because WWE licensed War Pigs for Survivor Series. Oh, yeah, that was really cool. And so, like, that's what kind of got me thinking about it. It's like, that song is fucking iconic. That riff is iconic. Yeah. That whole thing, you know, and it's like how much that mattered. So, and it just is a testament to Ozzy. Like, all of those guys are considered great guitar players, but a lot of it is because, like, he blessed them. No, for sure. I agree with that. Even though he he was the one we got rid of for the of the Mount Mount Rushmore of metal singers. You know what I'm saying? I had to step away. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was like, that's fine. Um, I get it. It like once when you put down content like we just did, sometimes you just gotta step away, take a deep breath. Uh, but the next segment, obviously, walkout music. Uh, and I will jump into this. I've been waiting for this one. Um, we've caught, I've, I've like been pushing and pushing and pushing it back. So this is from a band called Try Dying oh, wow. from 2022. It, the song is called Behind the Veil. We're going to listen to this real quick. And then I'm gonna go into the whole deal about it. So check this out right now. Try dying behind the veil. Goodbye. So yeah, obviously, uh, as Xander knows, um, if you look up bands called Die Trying, Try Dying, or whatever, it there was a band we knew from people we knew in our local hometown uh, that was pretty phenomenal, in my opinion. I agree with that. Uh, was that was so, this them? No, it's not. It's from oh. twenty twenty. I mean, I don't think so. At least it's like I didn't look at their their uh biography but it's not anything i remember i just thought it was interesting like i just looked it up for a lark on spotify because there's lots of things like i found the death and revenge shit on spotify right so i was like i want to try this because the only person i know who has it is our good friend uh tiny van rensler on on the on he has it and i really loved all that shit i thought michael was a fantastic drummer. I just liked everything about it. So I was hoping to find it. I didn't. I found this and it was really good. So I'm sharing it with everybody. Yeah. Is it die trying or try dying? This one is called try dying. Was it the song called try dying or the band? The band is called try dying. 
Really? I can't find it on Spotify. Oh. Um, yeah, it's called Try Dying, and the song is called Behind the Veil. Oh, I found it. Okay. I'll have, I'll have to check that out more in depth. Yeah, definitely check it out. Definitely check it out. But uh, like I said, uh, a little bit trying to find a throwback. Didn't find a throwback. Got something new. Loved it. Check it out. It's going to be on the Retalocalypse um, playlist called Ballads of the Retalocalypse. You can check it out on Spotify. All of the links are in the show notes for all of these songs, including the interludes, the outerludes, everything so what are you coming out to my friend this is a throwback and it's from my spotify wrapped playlist that Ooh, got put on we're not getting there yet but i like the tease like the tease yeah spotify wrapped is already out dude i know i know but th- we've already established this google doc so we're gonna have to get into it in december i know trust me okay. so, but go on go on go All on right. so this is by a band called avenge sevenfold it's off sounding the seventh trumpet and it's called An Epic of Time Wasted. And it is a badass song by a badass band, but enough out of me. Check it out right now. Yeah, man that shit slaps um dude yes it's cr- like they're so good yeah like everything they've done up until this point even their new stuff is even really good and i heard they just finished recording a new album so i can't wait for that to drop so yeah yeah and even and, like, uh, just um, another tease from spotify rap they were my fifth most played mm-hmm. band we're gonna get there we're gonna get there i All like right. it good tease though good tease um yeah the thing i love about it is like not very many bands could have made the transition they did and it's impressive that they did absolutely you know like what do you think about like waking the fallen versus like bad country right right right. but they're both like phenomenal yeah like even though they changed their style like they're still really good and i just like how they just they're one of those bands that keeps evolving and they keep getting better so yeah I'm with it. I'm with it. But you know what I am? Now that I'm in the ring, you're in the ring. I'm on the turnbuckle. The fire is going off. 
I'm pretty yoked. You're looking nice. But guess what? We're in the heartland, my friend. That's right. We're talking this is about not, this is not modern wrestling. We're in the territories. Nope. And we're talking about AWA American Wrestling Association. And let's get them started right now. Yeah, Body Slams in the Heartland, the episode uh, that we've been covering. Uh, it's on Vice. It's Tales from the Territories. Tales from when wrestling was protected. Um, this shit was crazy, dude. Like, it was founded by, like, a legit shooter. Yeah, uh, Vern Gagne. Right. And it's, like, it's crazy the, like, the vein of true wrestling that runs through professional wrestling. That's right. And... um what was crazy is the AWA was one of the more popular territories where you had a lot of uh, the bigger names there. You had like Shawn Michaels cutting his teeth there, Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan. Um, all those guys were uh, running AEW, the Vashans. So um, it was a pretty prolific territory, one of the bigger ones, I, sh- I would say. Yeah, and I, I, I felt like it was a little bit more organized and well-run than the previous um, territory we covered where they're ripping dudes' eyes out and there's hits being put on people. Like, yeah, for sure. Not saying that it was, like, a professional... Like, it still had, obviously, all of its, like, nuances. Yeah. Um, but I just loved, like... I love the whole story, like, when you came in, like, if you wanted to get in you basically like you got jumped in essentially is what it seemed like, you know, like shooters are going to shoot and we value true wrestlers, right? Like when you look at Kurt Angle, um, Chad Gable, like, you know, even like the MMA guys, when you talk about like Shamrock and like, like pro wrestling has always valued the people who bring authenticity and legitimacy to what they're doing. Well, yeah, because they I, had um, Ken Patera in their AWA, who was an Olympian. Right, and that's what I was going to say. It's like, that's what made this so special, and that's what made it so cool to me watching this episode. Is like, those are the seeds for the things that kind of we see now. And now, you know, it's like, why is round, Rowdy, Rowdy, Rousey getting this pump? It's like, because deep in the the roots of pro wrestling is shooters are going to shoot. And if you have a shooter, a real shooter, you promote them as the baddest of the asses. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I think that a lot of that was AWA. Whereas like, I think about the first episode of this show and it's like, I'm not trying to get in a fight with Jerry the King Law or any of those Jared dudes. But it was all like they it there was no shooting really going on. No, they were because, more just like hillbillies who would fight, but they were just trying to like put on a show and make some money. No, like, and the versus AWA because you had Vern Gagne running it, he would run it like you know, he wanted shooters there, obviously. So you had guys like Jim Brunzel and um Ken Patera, but then you also had guys like Diamond Dallas Page and you had Bobby the Brain Heenan that were more of the show side of everything. So I think you had a nice mix in AEW, which is why it was one of the more successful territories. Yeah, 100%. And it's crazy to see, like, the young Bobby the Brain Heenan. 
Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That's one thing I really like about this show is like they have just enough uh, of to pull the curtain back on like some of these really, and I would say Bobby the Brain Heenan is a pretty influential, at least in my, like the way I look at wrestling. Like he was pretty influential. Like I remember him a lot. He was a, he was like the man in a lot of ways uh, as the manager and just like the way he like all the different storylines he was in. Well, like did you see, see, did you hear that part of it where he had so much heat on him? Someone brought a gun and shot it in the arena. Yeah. Yeah. And then wasn't it, wasn't before that, didn't they, tri- some guy tripped him and that's what made Jerry the King Lawler and that guy punch him. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's like, it's a key. He's a heat magnet just everything about it. And you're like, fuck, like growing up, he was always in these storylines. I never realized actually how important he was to the entire fucking industry and history of wrestling. Oh yeah. He was a pretty big deal. Um, yeah, but I really like this episode. Like this, this series to me, I feel is a little bit more enjoyable than dark side of the ring. Well, because it's like, it's not really relying on like anything salacious. Exactly. You're just hearing um, stories about what happened in the territories, which I, from people that were there, which I think it's great. They have them sitting around at a table and they're just talking and it's cool because a lot of the stuff I know, but some stuff like I've learned recently and I'm always down for that. Yeah. And I think you're right. It's like, you know, a lot of things, us wrestling fans, we want the salaciousness in a way, but it's like, that was all dark side of the ring was bringing to the table at some point. And then they ran out of content because they had shows that where they had stuff that was happening that I didn't care about because I didn't really watch that product or nor did I even care to know about it. Mm-hmm. So it started losing me and a viewer in that aspect. Yeah, I totally agree. This show, I think they're doing a great job with. Yeah, it's a good one. So if you haven't checked it out please do we're on episode two the first one is uh memphis one of probably the most influential territories in some ways yeah the first two are on memphis because it goes into uh jerry lawler and andy kaufman and this third one is awa and then i forget what the next one we're going to be covering is but you'll have to find out when you tune in next time indeed and uh we can't stop that So on that note, yours truly, Xander Hobbs. Ours truly, Bobby B. And here we are always reminding you to show empathy, protect the planet and animals, and support the Wrestleocalypse. Booyaka Shah.